Hey, it's August, and it's a quiet month for many training professionals. Maybe you're on holiday right now, or maybe it just feels like a holiday, or just a quiet time of year. And people, in my experience, are usually away in August, or at least part of August, because there isn't much facilitation or coaching or training going on, whether it's in corporate or outside of corporate. And I'm wondering whether that's true for you right now. And if it is true, what are you doing with your time? Well, what I and a lot of professionals do is we look at our forecast for the year ahead. We start to build one. We look at the projects, the contracts, the engagements, the bookings, which are going to take us right through until summer next year. And we consider the projected revenue streams, where they're going to come from, and when they're going to come to us. So forecasting means having confidence in your version of your business's future and being able to stand over it, to account for it. So if you're engaged in revenue-generating activities as a self-employed trainer or a coach, or even you're running a small business with other people, someone somewhere on that business or in that business has to have an idea for the future revenue streams where they're going to come from, and when they're going to come to you. So ultimately, forecasting is in your remit one way or another, especially if you're running your own business. In today's episode, what exactly is a forecast? What stops people like you and I from forecasting? How to create a very simple forecast model? And some key questions to ask yourself. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey! And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. Before the music, I alluded to the fact that we have a very important episode today. It's all about forecasting. Now, if you're wondering what on earth this has to do with training, or even if it's your first time here, uh, this is the kind of show and the kind of episodes that we have every single week on the show, because if you're someone who works for yourself or works even in corporate as a training provider, or perhaps you're in a corporate role in training provision right now in L&D, and you're thinking of coming outside to work as a consultant for your own, or even some people are double dipping. They're actually working in a role part-time in corporate as learning and development specialists, but they're also running their own contracts, uh, direct clients outside. So either way, this is the kind of episode that we have on the show because it's the kind of thing that would help you in running your training business or even starting your training business. And every single Thursday, we have episodes just like this one, whether it's just you and I talking on a particular topic, which is of relevance to you as a business owner, or even working inside in corporate. And often these are one-to-one episodes, which is the case today, or it's something that we have where we involve a guest. And last week we had the wonderful Selena Rosvani on the show. And I'll mention a bit more about Selena in today's episode. But Selena is a fantastic trainer, consultant, and of course has loads of courses on LinkedIn Learning and is a published author. If you missed that episode, please go back and listen to it. And speaking of missing episodes and being able to go back and listen to them, can I ask you right now to subscribe to the show? Because 
every Thursday we have a fresh episode, and subscribing does a couple of things. First of all, it validates what I do and what my team helped me to do every single Thursday. And secondly, it ensures that you don't miss out on the kinds of episodes which can add value to your business as a trainer, consultant, coach, or facilitator. So I'm always looking for suggestions. If you've got some suggestions for the kinds of guests, topics, content that we have on the show every single Thursday, simply drop me a line to mark at trainingbusiness.com. That's mark at trainingbusiness.com. I read your emails personally and respond to them individually. So can I ask you again one more time to subscribe? You'll find podcast episodes of the show every single Thursday on a podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, or Spotify. So again, welcome to the show. We're going to address something very topical right now in today's episode, and it's all about the importance of forecasting. And I mentioned that forecasting simply means having confidence in your version of the future of your business and being able to stand over it. Because if you are working for yourself, if you're working part-time for yourself, full-time for yourself, you are, of course, conscious of revenue streams when contracts are paid, when you get the money in your bank, and the predictability of those revenue streams actually happening. And I think that a lot of the time, people I speak to don't think too much about forecasting because we think that, you know, contracts will come to us. And from what I've read recently, there is a projection that there will be quite soon post-COVID, a huge upswing in demand for training. I think that's positive news. Again, I can't say if that will happen. These are all projections. They're not necessarily indicative of what will happen. But if things do get back to normal to some extent, you could find that there's a lot of demand for you as a trainer, consultant, coach, or facilitator. However, however, that is no excuse for not having some idea or putting some shape or thought on what you would like to happen, because things don't always happen the way we think they'll happen. And this is exactly what happened with COVID. No one saw this coming. So people's forecasts and projections were, of course, way off the mark. So part of what forecasting does is it gives us pause to think about what we think will happen and what we should think about doing if something doesn't happen. So why don't we do this? Why don't we think, first of all, what stops people from forecasting? One the first thing that comes to mind is that people think forecasting is mathematical. It's something mysterious. It involves formulas or some kind of archaic, uh, you know, statistical analysis to enable you to come up with something uh, like a graph. But that's not true, actually. You could do a projection or forecast very quickly on a piece of paper. And we'll look at doing that today at some point. In fact, we will do it today. The second reason that people don't always forecast is they think, well, you know what, that's the stuff that big businesses do, you know, Googles and the Facebooks, or even mid-sized companies like my clients. And that's what they do because they've got employees and they've got, you know, goods coming in and they've got services going out. And that's what forecasts require. Lots of data, lots of things to calculate things with. But that's not true. You might think, well, it's just me and my business, so I don't need to do a forecast because it's just me. Um, and it's me, myself, and I, and I'm just a trainer, or I'm just an L&D manager, or I'm just whatever. But actually, that's not true either, because every professional should have an idea 
of where you're generating revenue from. And the third reason that often people don't forecast is because they don't think they have to. They think that revenue will come in, which is fine until such time that it doesn't. And I've been in that uh, you know place before. I've made that mistake many times because you have a really, really good year. And all of a sudden, something like COVID 2020, 2021 comes along and you don't have such a good year. Now, that said, there are plenty of people who will say that COVID has been really good for their businesses because they've been instructional designers or they've been doing things online. They've been used to doing things online. So COVID was simply a change of gears for them. Now, that's true for you. Fantastic. But many people I know for a fact did struggle. Many people in L&D, corporate L&D, lost their jobs. And that's one of the reasons that L&D Cares, L&D Cares, uh, was begun. That's an organization co-created by Brandon Carson, uh, currently one of the VPs for uh, learning and development over at Walmart, a recent guest on the show. And that organization was created because no one in some respects, saw COVID coming, and the consequences for many people in, in L&D, corporate L&D, were terrible. So if that's true for you, um, you have my sympathy. Many of you have thought of coming out of corporate and going into starting your own consultancies, and this is why I think this episode is relevant to you and to me. So if we think that things won't happen, and they do happen, that's when the plan comes apart. So what a forecast does is a couple of things, and they all begin with C. And I made a list, I'm going to give them to you right now. The first thing that I think constitutes an advantage to forecasting is that it will give you clarity. It will tell you what you're going to be spending time on, because time equals money. You're spending precious time. So where's the money? What money or revenue will come from spending that time? And if we think of last week's guest, Selena Rosvani, she spends time consulting with clients. That's her active income streams. But she also spends time creating courses and writing books. And those are her passive income streams. So if we think of Selena running a forecast, she has a pretty good idea of the contracts in the year ahead. And of course, having books and courses has given her massive exposure. So There is no shortage of people looking to consult with Selena. So to some extent, or to a large extent, she has predictable revenue streams in her forecast for the next year at least. But she's also then got those, uh, you could say, mathematically predictable streams thanks to sales of her books on Amazon or Book Depository or Goodreads or Barnes & Noble. And a lot of that stuff can be predicted using graphs. And then, of course, she's got the sales of her online courses through LinkedIn Learning. And again, that's quite predictable in terms of trends. Those platforms allow people selling things online to almost project into the future where income will come from. The second advantage to forecasting is that it will give you confidence because when you've got predictable revenue streams, or at least a logical prediction of where revenue revenue will come from, I think it's going to give you peace of mind. And and I can tell you for a long time, um, when I should have known better, I hadn't any confidence as to what was going to come this year or the next year. So if you have a dip in revenue, let's say from July to August, 
That's eight weeks of the year when, arguably, you're not earning any revenue. Okay, well, fine. At least if that is the case and you're okay with it, you can live with it or do something about it. So when you have a forecast and you are conscious of those gaps, you can then say, I know exactly where income will come. I know I'm going to have busy months coming up to December and then post-December and things will uh, peter out or reduce and I can I can live with that. I'm not going to worry about that too much. And that's confidence. The third advantage to forecasting is creativity because if you have an awareness of gaps in revenue, you can now think about ways to do something about this. So if you look at the ups and downs in your forecast, we'll come to shortly how to make a forecast. But if you look at the ups and downs, what are those telling you? Well, more than likely, just like me, you will have slow months, you will have fast months, you'll have months towards the end of the year where things typically slow down. And then perhaps early in, let's say, spring, things for me typically pick up quite fast. And you can come up with ideas, creativity in other words, to take advantage of that downtime or to accelerate the uptime. So if you're thinking that there is a quiet month or quiet weeks in your projection, your forecast, which we'll come to, you can think of ways to creatively enhance that. You can write an ebook or design a course or find more speaking gigs. So the forecast will give you a lot of that picture. It will tell you where those peaks and troughs are and what needs to happen. And that brings me to my fourth advantage of forecasting, and that is the word coverage. Now, coverage is a term professionally used in forecasting. And what it basically means is plan B. So if you look back at your income for 2020, in my case, September 20, September, September 19 until July 2020 or August, let's say for you, 2020 to July 21. Or if it's, if we're thinking of the next projection, the next forecast, it'll be from uh, September 2021, as I'm recording this right now in August until July 2022. Now, if you're listening to this in the future, you can change the numbers there. But if you're conscious now of of the peaks and the troughs, the ups and the downs, you can say to yourself, I don't want to be in a position this year where if X contract is cancelled, I have no income. So coverage is a forecasting term for plan B. I will replace this with something else. If this doesn't come to fruition, if this doesn't happen, I will actually do something else instead. For example, if I have direct client contracts lined up, and if one of them doesn't actually cross the line or doesn't uh, come to fruition, doesn't isn't closed, doesn't take place, I will take on some associate work if that happens. Now, you don't plan on that happening, but plans are for what happens if something doesn't happen. It's like a plan B. Okay, so how to create a very simple forecast model? Very simple. One, take your contracts right now, starting in whatever month that is for you, in my case, September 2021, all the way up to next June or next July, whatever month that is for you next year. And I find typically many trainers, consultants will have a year like that when, you know, schools go back, employees return to work, and then typically L&D makes, uh, starts bringing in trainers to uh, instigate the training programs for the coming year. That's typically what I find. It might be different for you. 
depending where you are in the world. But if you think of the contracts that you have and you say, right, they're beginning in month X and I will have work all the way through to October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, maybe July, all those months, if you then think of the value of those contracts and add them up together. And the way I want you to do this is as follows. We're going to break down your contracts as they are right now into three categories. The first one is what we call commit. Okay, just write that word down, commit, C-O-M-M-I-T. Revenue streams under the heading of commit are those things which are signed. There's been a commitment made by your client. It's been scheduled formally. It's in the calendar. It's been accepted. There is a deposit paid, contract signed, etc. Okay, so I'd like you to add up all the, the contracts, all the training which has been committed to by you and your client, and it's more or less money in the bank. Okay, add up that figure right now. Number two, next look at the revenue streams which you would categorize as likely. Now, these aren't things which have been signed yet. Perhaps they're just one step or two steps away from being signed, from being closed, to use a sales term. And I'd like you now to add up all those things which you feel are likely. So someone's, let's say, inquired about running a coaching program next November, and they're quite keen for you to be the person providing this, and they're quite certain that you'll be given the business, but they're not yet close to signing. There's just one or two things to do. So that's the thing you think is likely to happen. So all those likelies, add all those up together between now and next uh, July, for example. Okay, that's your second figure. The third figure is what we call hope. That's the third category, hope. These are things which you don't, can't, won't say will happen, but you have a good feeling they might come in. There's nothing to say they will come in. It's just a feeling you have or based upon previous years, usually work comes in ad hoc in these categories. So for example, you'll know that you're working with a particular company. They don't always tell you what they need months in advance, but usually they'll give you a phone call a couple of times a year and say, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? And you'll say, yes, I can. That's all the kind of hope work, the stuff that comes in ad hoc. And if you look at last year's, you might have a gut feeling for that. So if I do that, I can think of X number of thousand euros in my case, which will come in because people will usually just give me a phone call and say, are you free? Uh, Or something's cancelled. Uh, we need to run something else, and I'm hoping you're available. You know, all that kind of stuff. So three categories of revenue streams, again. One, commit. These are things that you've committed to and your client has committed to with a contract, deposit, uh, fixed schedule, etc., etc. That's your first figure. The second category is likely. These are the things which are just one or two steps away from closing. You add up that figure. And the third figure, then, is the stuff you hope will come in or it just comes in randomly, and that's your third figure. Now, if you add up those three figures, the figure under commit, the figure under likely, and the figure under hope, that is your forecast. That's your revenue projection for the next year, the coming year. Now, one more thing I should say. Likely and hope figures are obviously not dependable. That's why they're called likely and hope. They're not dependable. They're not certain. So what you need is coverage. You've got to say to yourself right now, what can I start to do to ensure that those things which are currently marked 
likely, how can I move those into commit so I get commitment from my client to make them happen? Perhaps not the whole training contract, but perhaps the first part or the first couple of coaching sessions or the first consultancy work. What can I do to move those things which are currently likely into commitment or commit so I'm feeling more confident about those things? And what can I do to start to ensure that anything which is ad hoc comes in, you know, randomly is a little bit more dependable in the coming year? Is there stuff that you could go out now and and sell a bit harder? Or are there calls you could make right now to ensure that people know uh, in advance that you will be available in these time slots so that they can give you advance warning? Now, we're all always, always as as self-employed trainers or consultants, we're going to get stuff coming to us which we can't predict. And I'm okay with that. But understandably, you do want a large chunk of your business to be based upon things which you can project or predict with a bit more certainty. So ask yourself, what can I do to ensure that more stuff is in commit and the stuff that's currently in hope or likely, what can I do to tighten that stuff up, move things from likely to commit and ensure that stuff which is currently hope or random stuff is less ad hoc. Okay, so in summary today, just keep in mind that forecasting is an art, not a science. So if you were worried when I began talking about this that we'd go into, you know, statistical models or forecasting, hopefully you're not now thinking that. Forecasts are not perfections, they are projections. I think that's worth repeating. Forecasts are not perfections, they are projections. It is an attempt to put some kind of shape on the future, particularly your future, particularly if that future is something linked to revenue. So forecasting is the opposite to putting your head in the sand and expecting things to be okay. And there are, and there will be years for you and for me, when things will turn out to be better than expected or better than projected. We still need a forecast because if you're making a living from ad hoc work, as I did for the longest time, it's super, super, hyper, uber worrying, particularly to those around you. And I say that with some experience. So a forecast is going to ultimately give you a basis for decision-making so you can take control and do something about your revenue projections if you don't like what you see in the year ahead. They're my thoughts today for the episode on forecasting. I'm sure there's loads more we could talk about, but um, if you have any comments, critiques, suggestions, please write to me, mark at trainingbusiness.com. I do appreciate all feedback, good and bad. I don't get so much bad, but occasionally I do, and I still learn from that because we all learn from feedback. If there's a topic, some guest you would like me to have on the show, in the near future, please let me know. I'm all the time interested in learning what you find valuable so I can deliver more of what's of value to you and do so every single Thursday. And of course, you will find a fresh episode of the podcast every single Thursday on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or something else. Final request today is please click on subscribe because that validates what I do, what James does, what Sam does, what we do to bring you our ideas, our creativity, and help and advice every single week. If you would like to, and I hope you would, if you'd like to write an article for our blog, trainingbusiness.com forward slash blog, which can put out like a shop window, put out there to the world 
what it is that you've expertise on. Maybe you'd like to write an article. We've lots of trainers submitting articles to the blog, and I'm okay, as I've said before, with self-promotion. If there's an article which you would write to someone that could find you and say, hey, that's the kind of person who does what they do that we need, then the blog is an ideal place to post an article, a very simple blog post, which will make a case for hiring you. So that's my final note today. Thank you for your time. There are plenty of podcasts out there. I appreciate you subscribing and listening to this one. There is a fresh episode every Thursday, again next Thursday. Until then, look after yourself. Keep training, keep selling, keep forecasting. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.